So I'm going to call this lesson today. Um, Bob asked me um, last week to do this after we canceled Church in the Park. It's kind of a mixed blessing with Church in the Park being canceled. I, I'm, I'm kind of relieved that I don't have the logistics to, to pull it off. And it's not about me, but it's the whole team that it takes to, to get all that set up. So I'm kind of relieved that we get a, little, we get a weekend of rest from that. But I also know that Pastor Brian, and I know his heart on that, is we use it as a community outreach. And we let people know that we are a church, and we are here. So it's kind of a mixed blessing. The weather's not cooperating anyway, and the park is over there is just in disarray. So it was canceled. So that's how Pastor Bob said, hey, Ray, can you cover for me? And he's always asking me, Ray, when you can teach, whenever you ask me to, Bob. So here I am, you know, ready to go. So this lesson that I want to go through here is, I, I initially called it Five Ways to Improve Your Walk with the Lord. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to call it Five Key um, Behaviors um, as a Christian. Because as I, as I go through it, because this has been developed, um, just so you know, this, this has been used and it's being redeveloped, it's being reexamined, it's being added to. I initially ran this out the first time with the youth. I did it with... Um, the light walkers jeff asked me to cover for him i used it there um, i'm gonna use it with you and then i'm gonna use it in randy's class i'm gonna expound on it and every time i do it i get something else a little bit more to add to it and that's the cool thing about it so you may, there may, if i five key behaviors and what, where i got this from this was from years ago um back in my days of working at fedex roger and paula remember those days <laughs> long time ago and i had to go through these safety training programs and i've been through these safety training programs throughout my former driving career and go through it and there's five key behaviors that help you go through it and it's called the smith system so i do have to recognize this because it is a registered trademark company um and it's going through here so there's five behaviors and the first one is uh get the big picture The next one is aim high in steering. Uh, the third one is keep your eyes moving. Uh, the next one is signal your intent and then make sure they see you. So those two go hand in hand. And the last one is leave yourself an out. So again, those are get the big picture, aim high in steering, keep your eyes moving, Signal your intent, make sure they see you. And then the last one is leave yourself an out. All right, so the big picture, we're going to start right there in the first one. We have to be aware of this. God has, is, and will be doing something. It has always been his plan. So in the beginning, if we look at this, if we go over to Genesis 1, we're going to be exercising through the Bible today. so Because it's not just one verse or several verses that tie into each one of these. So we're talking about getting the big picture in Genesis 1, in verses 26 through 28, and said, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing, that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Excuse me. So, there it is. There's the big picture. God has created us in his image. That's part of the big picture. And you've heard this said here at the church, and we're going to still believe it. One of the things that we're doing here is we're being restored in his image. Because the moment Adam and Eve in, in Genesis 3, they took the fruit of the tree of knowledge. They, they, were not told, they were told not to take it. So they took that. And at that moment, the image of God was taken away from them. That's when sin was introduced. And so what God's doing, and you see this through the theme of the Bible, is God is restoring his lost image in man. That, that's the big picture. God is restoring his image in man. And when I say man, I mean man and woman. Man as a, an entity, not as individual species or genders. As a whole, he's restoring his image in, in that. And a lot of people don't understand that. Um, in, in that story of that. So we have that the big picture is we're being restored. That's the reason why Jesus Christ came is to help us reestablish that relationship because man won't accept it because of our sin nature. It took his son dying on the cross, being buried and rose again on the third day for us to have that opportunity to be restored in his image. So along that line, so we have um, Genesis 9. So if we go over to Genesis 9, we can see again a purpose of what we're supposed to be doing here in the big picture. So in Genesis 9, it is um, after the flood. And it is again a a commandment from God going to Noah. And again, he's reestablishing what he's already established with Adam and Eve. And he said in verse 9, 9-1, it says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Again, we've been commanded to do this. Just a couple chapters later, over in Genesis 12, we have Abram. It's not Abraham yet. It's Abram. But God is working on him, you know, to develop the big picture. And so, in Genesis 12, um, you can see that God's going to set here. So, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Um, Actually, I'll go down to verse 3. So, starting in Genesis 12, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make thee a great nation, I'll bless thee, and I'll make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God is ex, you know, expanding on the, the promises that he established with Noah and Adam and Eve. And given tell him to go through here, he's saying, Hey Abram, you're gonna be part of this. And then as we go through here in a couple more verses, um, I'm gonna jump over to John one one. So I'm gonna go over to the New Testament here. And we know this one because this ties into Genesis.
In John 1, 1, it says, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, without him not in anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. So a little bit further going through this. So we can see that God is establishing this through man, and we are made in the light of this. And we're also talking about his son. And the light was in men. So not one man, but in men. So God was establishing it with his images. But again, we come through this, we start seeing that um, we have some ch- challenges right there. But again, that's the big picture. God has established us to go through here. Uh, John fourteen 6. I'm going to jump over there. I lo- love this verse. Because it sets the, it sets the tone. Um, as we go through here and do this. And you can see that since, since we established this in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word... We see this here in John 14, 6. We see Jesus establishing himself right there. And he goes, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should not have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So we have this establishment tying back into this, which goes back to Genesis 1, 26. Because remember, God says we're going to make man in our image. That's plural. It implies there's more than one. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we have all three of that. So we have the Godhead. Because the, 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 the word Trinity doesn't exist in the Bible, but the concept through the Godhead does. So we have the big picture. Man has been established in his image. And in this case, the, the Godhead. You know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that's the big picture. That's the part of this that we're going through and establishing. We, in our walk, we have to understand we're something part of something bigger, and we're not in control. God is. God has set this forward with us. So that's the, the first point right there. Get the big picture. Um, next one is here is we've got to aim high in our steering. So as you're driving a truck down, you have to be looking down, especially on I-49. And we've all driven down I-49. It's a racetrack, especially in the morning. You have to be looking straight down the road. You're going to see because there's that no man's land between Peculiar and Belton or between Harrisonville and Peculiar. There's no off-ramps. you got to be aware. you got to be looking for brake lights down the highway because something always happens. I can tell you all this week, it seemed like there was something going down I-49. Now, most of it was up in Grandview. But again, you have to be aware of this. You have to be able to adjust as you need to. Because, you know, life is a journey. We know our destination. If we're saved, we know where we're going. The people who are lost, they don't know where they're going. And it's actually kind of a good picture. So we want to aim high in the steering. We want to keep our eyes on a destination. Now, granted... Our destination might change and come this way. It might come down this way. It might come up above. But we know where we're going in our destination. So we are following along a path. And again, we know the destination. And those who do not know, they don't know they're lost. And that's why they have, they have eternity not, not guaranteed because they still have that hope. But most of them are going to go to hell. And that's something that we have to be aware of. 
The one verse I always come to on this, and this is the, actually the first verse I ever memorized. I was terrible as a Disciple One student. My discipler would say, Ray, he had to beat me over the head to start getting me to do my memory verses. But it came to Colossians 3.2. I forget which lesson that one was. But that's when it started having that aha moment with my discipleship lessons. And it came inside of here. And that's when I actually started applying and, and started doing my memory verses through discipleship. Thankfully, my discipler was very gracious and just worked with me. Yes, you may. And yes, it was my father-in-law, Jeff Trude. Um, it was a joke when I started going through discipleship, though. He also gave me extra work, and I'm thankful for it. He was he was prepping me, like I had to read extra Bible. So that's why he was gracious about the memory verses because he. I was doing the extra homework, like I had to read George Mueller. Great read. If you ever get a chance to read the autobiography of George Mueller, talk about a prayer warrior and living by faith. I really recommend that book because he 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 established those orphanages. I'm getting on a tangent. Sorry about that. So I gotta, but he established orphanages in Great Britain, and he never went out and let people know that he needed things. Right. Yeah, money would show up. People would show up, workers, he would labor. And it, the great thing about George Mueller is I remember in, in school reading, you know, Charles Dickens. You know, he wrote A Christmas Carol, but he also wrote Great Expectations. I remember dreading in 10th grade reading Great Expectations. I had to read it. And I remember the story of Pip. That same story Charles Dickens was writing about, that journey in there, George Mueller was a contemporary at that time. He, w- he was living it. And he was providing for those that were destitute. So that's what I'm saying is, I just got on a tangent. I don't even know what I was saying on that. Yeah, but but it was great. Um, I had to do. I had to write a paper. I had to write papers on like Psalm 119, all of it. I think I still have it somewhere in our house. But it was it was it was it was great to help go through that. He, and this was going to be a part of your preparation for that. Yes. It is. I mean, see how God knew things that you didn't know, but He prepared you. You know, and I, I'm glad you said that because that's true. I mean, Roger and Paula Grant, when we came in here, when we came into church and we needed to get engaged, they were there to help us when we started out in Sunbeams. It's getting changed to something else, but it's it's still Sunbeams to me and always will be. Um, but it's they invested in us, so it's not just it wasn't just going through D one and going through that. They and the Arnies were right there with us in the beginning of that. So it's a journey, and through that, and I'm that's a part of us. So I'm, I'm happy for that. And so it's those, it's that journey that we're talking about here. But the first memory verse right here is in Colossians three two: Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. Again, that's the that aim in high. We're focusing on the Lord. And as we navigate the world, I know, hey, God, what do you want me to do right here? Another one to help with this is Ephesians 2. So I told you, it's, it's an exercise today, in Bible flipping. 
So Ephesians 2, um, 19 through 22. Now ye therefore are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also build it together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. That's the aim high, and we're focusing on that. It can also apply to the big picture, too, as we go through and talk about the big picture. We're aiming high in the steering right here. Um, again, the other one, uh, this one, we know this one. I'm still going to reference it because I've misquoted it. I always do. I throw in an extra word, but John three sixteen and 17. It always... Um, It says right here, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn it, condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So it's through that we're aiming high, we're focusing on the Lord. I want to go back to Old Testament here. Um, there's two ones right here. We're going to go to Leviticus, and then we'll go to Deuteronomy. So... We'll start at Leviticus 19.18. And we have in here, again, God's in control. We're going to set our affections on him. But in Leviticus 19.18, it says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. What we have here is we see if we focus on God and we love our neighbors, we can apply the aim high and steering. Because if we show that, um, it helps with that. And then the other one is Deuteronomy. And it's going to be Deuteronomy 6, 5. And again, it's that love. We love God. We're aiming high and we're focusing on the Lord. And we see here in six, um, Deuteronomy 6, 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all my might. So we have this. We're aiming high in our spirit. We're setting everything, our affections on the Lord. We're setting things above. So we have to love the Lord. And because we love the Lord, we don't have to worry about what's going on in Leviticus. We, don't have to, we just love our neighbors. I'm inside of here. So the next one we continue down the road here is we got the big picture. We're aiming high in the steering. We've got to keep our eyes moving. We've got to be looking for those opportunities to share the gospel. A great example, and we're not going to read it today, but if you want to look about a chance to share the gospel, and it's an Old Testament reference, if you look at 1 Samuel 24, we can go in there and we can see the picture of how to go through here. Um, one thing is we kind of keep our eyes moving. Um, I went through here and I kind of studied it out. The word blind is used 82 times in the Bible. So that, that tells you that we use our eyesight a lot inside of here to focus on uh, opportunities inside of here. Um, one of them right here we can look at is Exodus 4.11. 
And, you know, just the Lord says, um, right here, he's just establishing, and the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who make him dumbeth, or deaf, or seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? So the Lord's established that. We need to keep our eyes moving for those opportunities. He's established this. Again, the Lord has established his authority in our lives right here. Uh, Another great example is in Isaiah. And we'll go to Isaiah 29, and then we'll jump over to 42. In Isaiah 29.18, it says, In the day shall the death hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of the darkness. So you can see that the Lord has control of the sight. And then we have 42.16. So he's showing us the vision as we, like I said, look for the opportunities. And I'll keep the, and I'll bring the blind by the by a way that they knew not. I will lead them on in the paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things I do unto them and not forsake them. So we got to keep our eyes open for the glory of God because He's going to take care of the journey as we kind of keep aim high on our steering in the big picture. The Lord's going to take care of this. Some of the other ones here, I'm going to jump back over to the New Testament. Matthew 11, 5. And this is going through here. Um, you know, actually, we can go back to verse 4. You can see right here. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those those things which ye do hear and you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. We've got to keep our eyes open for those opportunities to share the gospel. That's why we've got to keep our eyes moving. What can we do to go through and share the gospel? You know, we have our other senses too. It's not just sight. Sight is probably the one that we use primarily. We can read body language. We can understand expressions um, just by looking at the situation. Sometimes you look at a situation, you know, something's just not right. And it's the body language that we use inside of it. But we have other senses. We have our faith. We have our faith and we have also hearing. And we'll go through that here. And we actually have smelling too. Those help give us a good broad picture of what we're looking for as we talk to people. So the first one is Hebrews 11.1. 1. we got to define what faith is. So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, again, this is a, another one. Um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we can see it right there. Um, we, we can't touch it, but it's still there and still part of us. We walk by faith. And actually in verse... Um, Verse 3 in, 11, in Hebrews 11, 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. And we can go through and we can see the story of Abel and some of the others in the Hall of Fame of, in the Bible there. Um, we come by hearing. Um, we hear this one quite often. Um, we have Mark four twelve. 
So we, we do want to use hearing. Um, in verse 12 it says, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. So we can come by hearing. In Romans 10.17, again, I don't want to misquote it, so I'm going to always go back to the source. And we know this one. I think this is a memory verse here. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we have that coming inside of here. So we can see that we have our sight, so we can keep our eyes moving for those opportunities. But part of our sight's built inside of faith. And we also come by hearing the word of God, so we can share it with others. So we have to keep that going. And then the last one here is the smell. Um, Philippians 4.18 And it says right there, so we're talking about the smell. Um, and, um, he says, but I have all and abound. I am full, having deceived of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent to you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So having a sweet smell, you know, remember when they dumped the oil on Christ and, and I think it was... Um, Judas was saying, why did you dump all that oil on, on Christ? We could have sold that and give that. You know, it's a sweet odor for the Lord. It was well-pleasing. It was a sacrifice. It was a picture of a sacrifice. So we have that smell. So as we continue to build here, we got, get the big picture. We're aiming high in the steering. We're keeping our eyes moving. The next one is we got to signal our intent. we got to make sure they see you. And we got to be ready to go. We have to be prepared to execute. We have to be ready to go we got to answer the call. Um, right here we can go to Ephesians um, 4. And it's going to be 11 through 16. And actually I was going through and looking at my notes here. Ephesians 1 is actually a good reference in prepping to go. And so we have Ephesians 4, um, 11 through 16. It says... And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work in the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of a stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From when the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. So we have to be ready to execute. We have to show, hey, we're getting ready to do this. We're going to do it through love inside of here. Um, another one, though, is we signal our intent. We have to be aware of the situation. So just over in Ephesians 5 right there, and we have 15 and 16. We have to be ready there. Um, we want to see that we do not walk circumspectly. Not, we want to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We have to be focused. We, can't, we don't want to be those guys that are driving down the highway at 80 miles per hour, and they got their left turn signal on, and they're in the left lane. 
we know those people. We see them. And sometimes I am that person. I've forgotten to turn my turns. But you know what? You say, wait a minute. You can't make a left turn. What's going on? So we want to signal our intent and where we're going to execute. And we want to make sure we um, go through and do this. Um, some other ones that we have right here. Um, 2 Thessalonians. And we'll go over to 2 Thessalonians. I think I got verses 3. And three and four. Second Thessalonians three, three and four. That was in First Thessalonians. So we go through. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And ye have confidence in the Lord, touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. We have the promise that the Lord is still with us so we can execute and go through and do our what we're going to do for the Lord. The next one I'm going to go to is 1 Timothy 4. And it's going to be 11 through 16. So we're getting ready to execute. Or we're getting ready to make sure they can see us as we go through and do this. So we have... Um, in 1 Timothy 4, 11-16, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which with the layering of, on of the hands in the prosperity. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for doing, in doing this shalt both save my, thyself and them that hear thee. So we're getting ready to execute, and we're getting ready to make our turn right here. And then lastly, the last one here is we've got to leave ourselves an out. So we have to be able to go through here and execute. And the best one I found is actually in 2 Timothy, right here, uh, towards the end here. Uh, i got to come here. Uh, actually, I'm going to go through and read 2 Timothy 4, um, 1 through uh, 9 here. And this is, this is a charge. This is the one I, I really like right here, is, you know, Paul's invested into Timothy wholeheartedly, or Timotheus. He's gone in there, and it's like, Timothy, it's time. We have to be making disciples, because there's going to be a time when they need to go through and execute inside of her. So it is leaving itself an out. we got to disciple. we got to edify. we got to encourage the others. we got to make sure, uh, I love this yesterday, is um, Mitch Newland in his training yesterday was like, we got to get ready to make the next pastor. Pastor Brian we don't know how much time we're going to have. We've got to have the next pastor ready to come up. And is it one of the youth? Is it one of the children that we're, we're investing into? And we see this discipleship process right here. So he's charging Timothy. And he goes, I, so Paul's telling him, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. 
and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure inflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all, I love that, unto all them that, that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. We have to prepare. That's why we have to go through and we need a disciple. And I was thinking about this this morning as I was reading through my Bible reading this morning. It's like, Lord, I haven't actually discipled directly. I have not taken anyone. Here I am graduating HBI in my, is it almost, we started coming in 2008, right, Brianna? So here we are, 14 years, 2007. So here we are, 14, 15 years in a, a, attending HBF. I haven't discipled anyone directly one-on-one. And that was actually one of the things, have you discipled anyone? I was like, no. Part of it was I was not ready to disciple. I realized that. There was a, there was a, there was a period where I was a fair-weather Christian. I was only coming when I wanted to come, and just my heart wasn't in it. So I knew why I wasn't discipling for a while there. But I also was like, Lord, why am I not discipling now? And it, it's a question. I'm not challenging Lord. I'm just asking Lord, I don't, I don't understand it. And I, I kind of go through that growth process and I realize he had something else planned for me. It's not direct discipleship. I, I consider what I do in the AV ministry now advanced discipleship. This is where we, we take the lessons that we learn and we actually apply them as servants administering to the church through technology and that's where we go through there's like you know we get frustrated and diana will tell you my wife will tell you there's days like i want to throw my hands up ah, 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 but you know what i have to remember it's god and god takes care of this it's like you know we we got to love we got to deal with our issues we have to work through them because we are disciples and we are discipling others so we can't let our emotions, our sin nature get the best of us. Yeah, like I can disciple one-on-one, but I couldn't do the AV ministry. Right. It's a different type of discipleship, and it is. Um, I truly believe it, and that's what ministry is, is where we apply the, the discipleship. So I'll tag team with anyone every time. Actually, I, I do that. I actually, inside of here, is like I know... Um, the people that are discipling, they're going through that. I will, I will work with them to make sure that they're still maintaining it. They're still going through the discipleship process, because that way I can come through side by side with them as well. So it is again, we got to leave us up and out, and so that's what we're doing. Is we go through it, we teach them the lessons, but now they got to apply it. That's what we do in ministry, and it doesn't matter. It's the children's ministry, AV ushers, greeters, any ministry that serves. That's the application of the of of what we've been trying to do through discipleship. We got to leave ourselves an out, and that's how we do that is through discipleship. And as I wrap this up, because um, I do have to cut time here, I'm going to come to Re- Revelation 22. There's a couple things here, and I just remember, I love this. I'll start in Revelation 22. Because um, we are leaving ourselves an out. The Lord has given us an out. We have a we have a promise, 
and we have a destination for our journey. So in, in Revelation 22, 13, he says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And continuing on there, blessed are they that do this commandment, do his commandments, that may have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. I love that. That's a promise saying, hey, I'm there in the beginning. We've seen that through Genesis. We understand the big picture. So this ties everything back into the big picture. And I just want to wrap up. Um, in verse 20 and 21, it says, He's, He which testified these things saved, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, um, Lord Jesus. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. In the end, you know, we have an out. And he's going to do there. So we've gone through. We've gotten the big picture. We've aimed high in the steering. We kept our own eyes moving for those opportunities. We signal our intent, how we want to engage. And after we've engaged, we're leaving ourselves in out for the next generation until we can come into and be with the presence of the Lord. And it's like God left us in out by, by Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of him. And you know what? As you were going through this at the beginning, I was thinking, I am so glad God did not give up on human beings with what Adam and Eve did. I mean, he didn't say, okay, you all are out. We'll just do it on our own. But he found a way to, you know, do what he did. Yeah, and actually, you know, it goes and it goes back to it. It's a little bit of a study, but it's going back to showing Lucifer, you know, the, the fourth anointed, the anointed cherub, showing, hey, you can't do it. You can't do it, but I'll show you what I can, and I will, and he's done it. And that's why he's going to lose out in the end. Our cherub's a good thing. Yeah. Other than Lucifer. What are they? They're, angels? Or? Yeah, they're, they're appointed angels. They have, they're angels in hierarchy. They're, I forget the order with this. Um, but I think it's cherubs. I, I don't want to mess it up. But cherubs are a position of authority within the angels. Yeah, and there's actually there's there's cherubs that are protecting the Garden of Eden. That's why we can't enter into it. After Adam and Eve had left, God had closed it off, and there's cherubs guarding the Garden of Eden. I thought they were bad. No, no, man's interpretation of cherubs of little babies on top of pillars, mm-hmm. with little wings with. Mm-hmm. Bo- the anointed cherub. He, he's bad. Which is Lucifer. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Satan, Lucifer, devil. And he took a third of them with him. Mm-hmm. So cherubs and angels are different. Yeah, a position of authority. Just like, I guess if you look at it, you know, Brian has an authority, you know, as pastor or Randy or Bob. They're pastors. They're still men, but they have a, 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 a authority behind their position and responsibilities. I guess responsibilities would be more because that's what that was. That was Lucifer's job in in up there in heaven before he fell. He was the fourth in line. 
if you if you if you had a hierarchy because you had God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit so they could get the fourth he was the anointed one he was to shine the light onto the throne of God at all times and he thought he could do better and that's when he fell and he, he brought a third of the angels with him I bet they're sorry now well he wiped out most of them in the flood mm. that's why we had the flood one of the reasons there's many reasons but that was the deal. No, they will be. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. All right. It, it'll be too little, too late. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, when you lose someone, you find a replacement in the discipleship process. Cherubs aren't bad. Just how man's made them out to be is bad. God didn't design it bad. Man did it. So back to our sin nature. Which brings us in that whole process again. <laughs> Understanding that and everything. Well, I want to say thank you guys for your time. We'll go ahead and dismiss with prayer. And we've got to transition to the main service.